0: Hey, everybody, we got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about lots of stuff, including how Japan is to allow a thousand visitors a day from uh, April 10th, which is, you know, pretty good. I mean, those are mostly students, but I mean,
1: whoever can come, they're going to
0: they're going to they're going to start opening up a little bit. Uh, We got Japan has fewer foreign residents in 2021 amid COVID border controls, which is not at all surprising to anybody. What? We have official age of adulthood in Japan has changed. This oh. is new. This is kind of fun, uh, and we also have some. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. Let's let's throw to you.
1: Uh, we have some high school girls that created and sold butt-shaped soap, and it was praised for being way too high quality. Who picked
0: your stories? <laughs> uh, we got one about the dollar and the yen is going to get a little bit stronger, get a little weaker. Let's see which one, which one, which where it go, where it goes.
1: And we also are saying goodbye to Honda's asimo robot oh. who had a 20 year career
0: oh and then last but not least we're going to talk about some japanese lingerie roll that intro so every time that we do this intro now we're talking i don't know what to say
1: uh it was your birthday the other day happy birthday, my
0: birthday thank you i turned a million i'm so million. old now yeah wow. i'm so old now actually i do want to talk about my birthday a little bit
1: oh sounds good
0: So, um, I got a lot of things for my birthday, you know, some, like I got, okay, first of all, I got a cologne that's called Eros.
1: Okay. Is there some backstory to that?
0: Which, okay. If you guys know anything about Japanese, the word Eros is the god of sex and love. Yeah. All the fun stuff, right? Right. And so like in Japanese, whenever you talk about like perverted or sexual things, they they use, they use the word Erosu or truncated to Ero. Right. Right. So like... Whenever they're talking, there's like two ways to talk about like perverted stuff. One is like eto, or the other one is H, which is stands for H, which stands for Hentai. Right, right. So those are, those are the two ways to talk about it. So this, I want to call her a 45-year-old pretty hot mom. Okay. Uh, her and her husband picked out this cologne and they sent it to me. And I said, hey, did you guys give me this cologne because of the smell or because of the name? And the response was like, I, I forgot what she said. it's like uh,
1: They weren't sure about the smell but they decided because of the name because of
0: the name and I was just like, well is this a message and they're like what did she say? She's like she's like don't use this all the time but just during that those times
1: those times
0: <laughs> So I think that this is their encouragement for me to like either make kids or get married or something like that. Get out there, at least. That's not going to happen. That's not gonna, I'm just, I'm just going to keep practicing. Practicing? I'm going to keep practicing. <laughs> is, it
1: a, is it a group practice or a... <laughs> well, I, I don't know,
0: man. I don't know. Is that an option? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, you know, you know, you've been around me enough that a lot of people are really concerned about when I'm going to get married and have kids. Because it's like a thing that they talk about in Japan a lot. Yeah,
1: that's a big thing in Japan.
0: And I just don't really have any plans on doing that because it's just like, you know... I think, you know, there's... I think that I'm at that age where there's like... If I find somebody who's my age, they're either married or they're divorced.
1: Yeah, I guess so. A lot of the time.
0: Right. So there's like, there's no, there's no like new cars to buy. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't put it like that. <laughs> And so like, I just feel like if I'm going to get someone who's already divorced, I might as well wait a little bit longer so that their kids are like adult aged. And so I don't have to like deal with that. Yeah, whatever. Or just never get married.
1: I mean, that's always an option too. Wait, what is it? What
0: is it? Half your age plus seven? I think so. So I'm 39 now. Happy birthday. Thank thank you. Thank you. And so 39 uh, divided by two is what? 15. And then nine is like four or five. So, yeah, so 19, and a, half 19 and, and a half plus seven. So 26, 26 and, and a half. half. If you
1: are 26 and a half years old, leave a comment below. <laughs>
0: And I will probably <laughs> ignore you. If you're on YouTube, you're 26 and a half years old, you're thinking, that Mitch guy, he's the one for me. Maybe I shouldn't be with that person. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I want to talk about something else, though. I got I got a really cool... What is this? Look at this.
1: Um. So for our audio podcast listeners, uh, Mitch just pulled out a literal dinosaur.
0: It is. This is a Canon XL1. You can see it right there, XL1. And this was uh, when I created, so I have, me and Josh started a production company. Uh, I went to English school and and we co-run a a production company called Story Studios. But when I was 18, so back when the dinosaurs were literally roaming the earth, uh, I started a production company uh, before.
1: What was the name of it?
0: It was called 4AM Productions.
1: 4AM Productions.
0: And I literally went down to the the city hall, registered it. It was like a legit business. We made business cards. Oh, nice. And then I immediately went to go buy my first camera, which was at the time, this was like the top prosumer camera that you could get that wasn't in, if you guys don't know anything about video production, there's like, there's like levels of cameras. There's like, here's your iPhone, which is like, everybody can just get in on that level. Then you get like to your like prosumer level, which is basically what we use in our production company. So we're talking like, you know, Blackmagic or we're talking like, you know, the Sony a7a3 or like what we're filming on right now, which is like the Panasonic GH5, stuff like that. Where you like, you've got your mirrorless, like they look like DSLRs or they are DSLR cameras. Then if you go one rank above that, you start getting into what's like actual Hollywood production cameras. It basically goes two ways. You've got the production cameras in Hollywood, which is like red cameras or Sony cameras, which the bodies of those cost $100,000. The frames all cost $50,000. The, you know, red cameras, you just slug in SSD red proprietary SSD uh, you know hard drives into them because it's so heavy the data is so big and like those SSDs alone are like $5,000 each so you go from like spending $5,000 on a camera to spending $5,000 on a necessary proprietary accessory for your $100,000 camera okay okay then that's on that's on like the production video production like like creation side then you go to your, your broadcast side where you go like sports and like news right and you have these things called like broadcast cameras and those are also three hundred fifty thousand dollars, right but they have like like optical 120x zoom lenses and shit like that um and so those are what you'll see on like espn and you know on fox news and stuff like that so that level is just crazy level where our our production company is not there. We don't do uh, productions like that. Those are like $150,000 a day productions. Wow. Like, like (laughs) our entire income for our production company is like that a year, you know, it's like, it's like night and day different, but anyway, this was one of the first like, uh, chances for a company like story studios to exist. Because it was no longer $150,000, $450,000 investment to get a good broadcast level camera. This was like, I think $5,000 something like that. And it came with a lens and it has a, a sensor on it, a really unique sensor on it that, that collects light on the RGB spectrum. So it has three sensors in it. And this was such high quality that you could actually get broadcast level video from this
1: and how much did one of these things run you?
0: I think it was like $5,000 at the time, something like that. I don't remember. I can I can't really remember. But and if you if you look at it, it's got all of these buttons and like if you guys for those of you who are just like listening, I'm just like opening little panels on this on this camera and it's just like look, there's buttons everywhere. Like cuz there's no LCD screen, so everything oh, had to be yeah. a physical button.
1: I didn't even think about that. Right. <laughs> everything no has screen. to be a physical
0: button. Wow. And so So this, so anyway, so for my birthday, one of my friends, uh, Carl, who he, without his help, we would have not uh, been able to create our production company. He's the technical whiz behind a lot of our server stuff that we do. But anyway, uh, him and I are, you know, we go back like, I don't know, almost a decade. And one of the things that we like to do is buy retro tech. And so for his birthday, I got him a GH, uh, four, I think it was a GH four or a GH five. I don't remember which one it is, but it's, a the, the max the apple gh5 i think it was a gh4 and like it has like the little
1: door oh, that you yeah, can open on the side up, right?
0: right and they're like clear silver plastic
1: i think my dad had one of those and i was i don't know so a little
0: kid because japanese uh, otaku are they are seriously like just the unsung heroes of the world they keep everything in pristine condition so i was able to get a computer from 1990 i want to say 6 or 7 and it not only was in pristine condition, not only did it work, but it also came and it's an original box with the styrofoam.
1: How much did that cost you?
0: And amazingly, okay, I think I spent, I don't know, maybe 400 bucks on it, something like that.
1: How much did it cost like back in the day?
0: Oh, no, 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 that, that computer was like two grand back in the day. Like those computers weren't able to be shipped out of the United States to some countries due to like weapons regulations and stuff like that. Like,
1: why, why is it so cheap?
0: Because it's like so old, you can't use it for anything. It's just a collector's item.
1: Well, still, I I feel like in America, like, so that's what I'm saying. Is like in
0: America, if that same computer was being sold in America, you could probably get a couple grand for it. But the reason why that that it's so cheap in Japan is because so many otaku take care of their stuff that there's a lot of supply for it. That's cool. So, you know, this that in my house, I have all these retro games. I have like a Wii, I have a 64, I have a Super Famicom, I have a Famicom, I have a GameCube, yeah, I have have a Switch i have a, a sega genesis a sega, yeah right and i have all the games and controllers for it and all this stuff and like it wasn't really that expensive to collect all that stuff
1: yeah yeah yeah. i looked online at some of those games they were like only like a few bucks for most i, of the I games. have
0: i had a i bought a mario paint it came in its original box with the wrapper and the 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 mouse and the and the mouse pad everything is in it it's complete like it looks like it's brand new i bought it for 14 dollars
1: And then I think I looked on eBay afterward in America and it was like a couple hundred dollars for that.
0: (laughs) I bought a super scope. Okay. This is, this is bringing it back. This is like for the super Nintendo. It's like a gun. And like that was, I don't even remember. It's in pristine condition as well. Came, it comes, came in its original box. And that was only like, I don't know, 25 bucks or something like that. I don't know if it works because I require a CRT TV to use it. Mm. Um, And I don't have a CRT because like I keep wanting to buy one, but I don't have space to put it because CRTs are huge.
1: Well, you just gotta open up like a retro bar or something.
0: Well, I try. I wanted to do that, but apparently that's illegal. But why is that illegal? Nintendo, you are such a fucker. Sometimes
1: uh, they're really hard on like YouTube too.
0: Yeah, they 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 don't like to have their branding as being like the dude who was doing like the Nintendo like uh, go kart in Tokyo. Oh yeah, he got he got like I think it was like thirty five million dollar yeah. fine or something <laughs> like that. Like they they fucked him. Like they they went they took him down yeah like you think you think nintendo is like pikachu and like mario no no no, they're vicious man they are some vicious fuckers oh and i also have uh this the super famicon like retro version of it it's like this big and it has all the games on it so yeah i have all that shit it's great i have no idea why but i just have all that stuff so anyway so my friend carl he he found this on uh, on um, uh, Yahoo Auctions, which is a thing here oh, yeah, in Japan. That's
1: like, that's like the best place to, to shop online. There's three
0: places that you can get r- good retro stuff. One is Medukati, The other one is Yahoo Auctions. And the third one is, and I don't remember the name of it, uh, Furi, Furi, something free, and it's run by Pei uh, Pei
1: yeah but like all the people that i know they shop on yahoo auctions
0: so he got into a bidding war about this because there was only one in the whole country that he could find of this of this particular camera Wow! and he got into a bidding war and i don't remember how much he spent on it but i'm pretty sure it was expensive but when when he got it and it was uh what you call it um shipped out it came from kumamoto so it was only like one prefecture away from us wow and it works yeah that's the most important thing is it works it shoots standard definition four by three video and it works oh if you guys can hear the sound in the background this is the go home and eat dinner sound i don't know if that's being picked up but it's like the probably not go home and eat. anyway so this camera i i wanted this because i want to make a retro commercial using this camera for to promote the region and i want the the tagline to be like kagoshima Nasai. because i want to make it feel like you made a home movie here like back in the 90s and then like You coming here again is like, Natsukashi, it's like that, what is that word in English? Nostalgic. Nostalgic, like you're coming home to Kagoshima is like the kind of the branding that I want to do with it. But I didn't want to fake it, like shoot it on a 4K camera and then fake it to be like standard definition. Right. I wanted to actually film it on it. Oh, by the way, these use DV cassettes. Have you ever seen this, Joss?
1: Did you shrink a... Oh, <laughs>
0: what is
1: that <laughs> so
0: this is like a magnetic medium that it stores digital information on over a magnetic playhead and the way that you get the information from this to a computer there's two ways you can either put it into a converter uh deck which those are those go in server racks and they're like i don't know to get one of those now they're probably like hundred thousand dollars because this, this tech is gone it's like there's no it's no longer available but when you bought those new, I think they were like maybe 10 grand or something like that. The other way to get this off of here is to plug in a FireWire. Have you ever heard that word before? I have
1: heard that word before, yes. FireWire
0: connected directly into the camera and then plug that into, let's say like an iMac, like your first or second generation iMac. I open up iMovie. And then what happens is the computer starts to con- control the camera. And then iMovie will t- will import the video by playing the tape on the camera and importing it into the computer at 1x. Oh. So, if you shot an hour, which this is one hour of, of, of it'll, it'll video. It'll take an hour to import. One hour.
1: I mean, it's, it's a really cool <laughs> present. We'll have to make some videos. We'll also make something for our patrons maybe with this.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know what we're going to do with this, but I have to do something with it. Like, I, I just can't let this awesome piece of tech go to waste. Look at how this tape goes in there. It's like, it pops... Is it going this way or this way? It, like, pops in there. There you go. And you close it like this, and then it, like... It has, like, a little elevator motion where it, like, lowers itself down. Because what it does is it it actually takes the tape out and spools it. You can hear it spinning. You can hear it. It's like... And it spools it around the the magnetic tape head, so... It's so cool. This is such a great camera. And I used it for absolutely fucking nothing when I was 18. Because I was just screwing around I wasn't really serious about it but we're gonna make something with this okay that's enough about the camera let's get to Japan well that was kind of about Japan but let's get to more Japan Uh, so Japan is gonna allow 10 thousand visitors a day from April 10th and here we go the restrictions have prevented uh, the so there was restrictions that came into play all of these news articles say that this started in November of last year when Omicron started but it really they stopped giving out visas like two years ago
1: yeah we know from personal experience
0: yes so basically for two years The country has been completely closed, and uh, and so the the restrictions are supposed to be going to be relieving. They're going to start relieving them from April tenth because all of the emergency periods in the country have gone away, and the all of the commune, all of the public uh, officers are changing their jobs because this country's kind of stupid and they do that every April first.
1: Yeah, maybe explain that a little bit.
0: Okay. So the way that the Japanese government works is you go to a really, really uh, prestigious uh, university and you get a nice degree, and then you become a public worker. And then they basically tell you to sit there and do remedial work and nothing really gets done. Then every year in March, at the end of March, like in two weeks at the end of March, they basically tell a bunch of random people that they're going to be mixed around to other random positions. So let's say that your degree is in, I don't know, underwater basket weaving. They're going to put you in the underwater basket weaving position in the beginning, maybe. But then in like a couple of years, they might like shuffle you over to like the waste disposal unit or something where you have absolutely no qualifications to do.
1: And I mean, there are good sides to it too. Like, for example, with police officers, they have the police officers change to different prefectures and stuff like that to prevent
0: corruption. So that's good. Okay, and then teachers also uh, moving in and out. Teachers to different to to, okay. So if you guys don't know, there's a lot of Japanese uh, elementary schools are basically community centers, and so even in incredibly rural areas where they only have like four or five kids that are elementary school aged, they'll keep an elementary school open there because yeah. it acts as a de facto community center. And so they'll have teachers there for those kids. So, you know, they'll sometimes combine gl- classes, but I once taught, <clears throat> we're talking a, like 15 years ago, but I once taught at an elementary school that had seven students and they had three teachers and a principal and a vice principal.
1: Wow, that seems overkill for Oh uh, <laughs> no, it was totally
0: overkill. But again, they do it because they need to run the building. Right. Because it's a community center, but anyway, why am I saying this? All right, so if you're a teacher and you're assigned to that like four kid classroom in the Enoch in the countryside, that's not only going to kill your ability to teach because that's not a classroom, that's not a real classroom, right? But it's also probably not the best living environment for you. I mean, you probably want to live in the city or something like that. And so what they do is they rotate teachers out at random, and it's kind of brutal. They tell them literally like a week and a half before oh, they got to yeah, go. Yeah,
1: um, my fiance's. Uh, older brother is a middle school teacher. Middle school, I think, is a middle school teacher, and they told him where he needs to move to. I think five days before he uh, before the end of the month, so he had to m- pack everything and move out in five days. So
0: generally, what they'll do is they'll say, "Okay, hey Josh, you're probably up for transfer because there's you you usually stay in one position for about two to three years or something like that." And so they'll come up to you and be like you're probably up for a transfer for just to so just start to get your stuff ready yeah and then they'll try to give the, the teachers a, as much uh, time as they, as they can, but usually it's like two weeks before.
1: And then they have to find like housing and everything after that. Dude. Yeah
0: so basically what the teacher does in, in the case of where we are, there's a lot of islands and so sometimes the teachers will be put on an island which is like you know a plane flight away. yeah So what the teachers will do is they'll fly out there and then they'll find an apartment and sign up all everything in a day and then they'll come back and then they'll get a moving company because if you guys don't know anything about Japanese moving companies google this get there's YouTube videos of it Japanese moving companies are like the best thing in the world they will come out and put everything into like cushioned like cushioned boxes and everything have everything out of your apartment in like 15 minutes and then just take all of your shit to the destination and then put it all back to where it's supposed to be it's nuts
1: I've never actually hired one, but I've seen them moving things out and they're extremely efficient. (laughs) They're
0: incredibly efficient and they're very polite and they're like, they're all properly uniformed. It's not some college kids. I mean, it's like a career, but this also costs like four or $5,000. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, and depending on how far you're shipping your stuff as well, but usually the good thing is that usually the schools or the government will pay or subsidize the majority of that cost. So it's not like a financial burden on the teachers. And so this happens with teachers, this happens with police officers, this happens with state uh, employed uh, doctors and nurses and anybody who works for the state, basically. Um, why are we talking about? right? So every April 1st, you got a lot of like, newbies in their jobs that they're probably not qualified <laughs> or like, they're not familiar with. So if anything ever changes in the, in the government's policy or whatever, it usually happens on from April 1st because what you can do is, or, or in April, because what you can do is you can make the policy in March transfer the fuck out of the responsibility seat. And <laughs> then the, and then the 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 thing changes and if it's a problem, it's the new guy's responsibility.
1: That's pretty messed up actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so that's what happens. So a lot of change happens right around this this time. Yeah. So what I think is going to happen is I think that we are they're going to test the waters with the students first. And the, the the fact of the matter is, is like Omicron is not like going away. Numbers are not down. They're actually up. But if you look at especially where we are in Kagoshima, if you look at there was a an NHK map of the whole the whole country and like two days ago, like our prefecture was in red. And but the, here's the thing. No one's going to the hospital. I mean, yes, some people are still getting sick. Some people are still going to the hospital. But that happens with, you know, the flu that happens with, uh, you know, with the with the, the common cold. I mean, it depends on the people's how, you know, how healthy they are. Right. Right. So, but everyday average healthy people are getting the sniffles, especially if you're vaccinated and then people who are getting a little bit heavier case of it, then there's, there's medicines now to deal with it. And, and you know, so like your death rate is really, really low. And so it's just like, okay, what is the benefit cost analysis on this? The cost benefit analysis on this? Like, is it, sh- do we want to keep doing all of these incredibly draconian restrictions for what benefit? That's, that's the, that's the, you know, the debate that we need to have. Yeah. And if you look at America, I mean, I'm not saying that America's a great example of anything, but but yeah. if you look at America, like I see p- pictures from my friends, you know, Facebook and Instagrams, they're just like at concerts where it's like a thousand people and no one's masked. Right. You Same know, with
1: like sporting events, every seat is filled and nobody's wearing a mask.
0: Yeah. I mean like i don't know i think it's two years into this i think i think it's time for i think it's time honestly i think if you did it right i think you know foreign travelers you know uh tourism should start to pick up as well i mean i don't think that we should do what we did before with like tons of cruise ships of thousands of people that's kind of shit tourism but like alex always says like good quality you know tourism should be something that we we do especially towards the summer yeah okay anyway uh there's a related uh, this is a related story to the border uh, opening. So, this this is a dumb moment, but they have further data that I I don't want to get into the specifics of this, but they have further data. I think we mentioned this last show, but in 2021, it was official that the the the, the total amount of foreign residents in Japan was lower than it had been for uh, the year before, and then the year before that. Um, and and the reason for that is we know like foreign people are still going home.
1: Yeah. So I mean, use this analysis uh, with our. Uh, English school, the yep. leaky bucket, but the hole in the bucket is still there. All the people are like still leaving Japan that are in Japan, but we're not allowing any more water into the bucket, so right. the bucket has run dry. So, I mean, if
0: you're if you're a foreign worker, I mean, it's a global you know world right now. So if you're a foreign worker and you come to Japan for maybe a couple of years to work, you know, I'd say more than half probably aren't lifers, right? Right, they're here for a reason. Like maybe they want to you know do. Their 20s in Japan or something like that. Maybe they just want to go abroad for a couple years. You know, there's a lot of reasons to be a foreign worker. But for the most part, you know, a lot of these foreign workers are not permanent residents or they don't become permanent residents. So at some point, there's this expectation that they go home. Right. And so like that's the leaky bucket effect. So even with us, you know, um, we we didn't have any of our teachers go home, but still there's like, you know, the movement of teachers and things like that. And one of the English schools that's down the street from us, Nova, Hi Nova They sent us an email They're like This is They were like We're so embarrassed and we're This is so rude But can we have Some of your English teachers Yeah <laughs> Because they were just like There's no English teachers In the country anymore guys So if you're If you're one of those Few people who listen to us That are also frequently On uh, Slash R Slash Teach in Japan I think it is Called uh, Just know that There's a fuck ton of Available Like positions here They're just not being filled Because we can't get The people into the country
1: Yeah, so whenever they do start opening up the borders, if you do want to be a teacher in Japan, there's going to be a high demand for it as soon as the borders open.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, everybody's hit me up, like, Mitch, do you know any, like, available teachers? I'm like, no, we can't even staff our own school.
1: You mentioned Nova, but, like, I think you said, like, Three or four different schools have contacted you. At yeah, this yeah, point, yeah.
0: Right? no, no, lots of lots of uh, yeah. kindergartens, and things like that. They're like, "Do you know anyone?" I was like, "No." Yeah, I'm like, "We're we're struggling right now with employment. We we don't have enough." I would if you're. A, by the way, if you if you're listening to the show, if you're a qualified native speaker of English and you um, maybe and you have a college degree in anything,
1: <laughs> anything underwater <laughs> basket weaving, especially, and,
0: and you are a social friendly person that likes kids, hit me up with your resume. My email is mitch at mark s-t-a-p-l-e-t-o-n dot m-e that's my that's my email m-i-t-c-h at mark s-t-a-p-l-e-t-o-n dot m-e seriously hit me up with your resume i'll
1: put it in the description below
0: okay uh let's continue let's do something fun
1: so speaking of uh government workers a law was enacted to create cybercrime bureau at japan police agency
0: (laughs) okay there's a reason why this this story was picked but tell us what it what they're doing first lightly
1: oh very lightly uh from april 1st which was yesterday at the time of recording uh they're adding two people to a cybercrime investigation team to basically deal with all of the potential uh national local government cyber attacks especially from like other countries like russia and all that but i don't know how effective or efficient that is going to be
0: so japan has had a couple of uh you know government proposals and like actions to try to like because i think that there's this understanding by like i said some of those qualified people that went to prestigious universities that aren't being listened to in the government um that the the preparedness of japan for cyber attacks is not very high i mean they're not very prepared for it and if you looked at anything if you if you if we learned anything from this russian ukraine war is that the very first thing that the Russians did was hack try to hack parts of Ukraine and, and media out, uh uh media outlets all over the world so they just the, the the first attack was a cyber attack okay whether or not that was successful you know all that you know the historians decide that but a, a thing that happened immediately afterwards was that hackers all over the world then uh counter counter-attacked? counterattacked Russia yeah And they were doing crazy shit like playing anti-Russian uh you know propaganda on like on like um gasoline pumps. Yeah. I mean like
1: that's crazy. Yeah, they took,
0: I think I forgot what broadcaster, one of the broadcasters, they took over and played a message that's like your boys are in Ukraine killing innocent people and things like that. Like they they fucked up Russia. I mean, like legitimately, there's a lot of stuff that was on 4chan and shit like that. That's just quite hilarious. But anyway. Um, and so anyway, so, so Japan's looking at this. I mean, there's, I make fun of government officials and things like that. But, you know, they're not idiots. I mean, they know what they need to do. And so that they realize that, the, that they need a cyber division and they're giving it to the police, which I hope that they do a good job of this. But there's this famous story that the head of cybersecurity in Japan famously before I don't I don't, I don't think he's still in the position, but he didn't know how to use a computer.
1: Yeah, he he said something like, I can't be, I can't be hacked because I don't have a computer. Yeah, he's like, (laughs) I've never used
0: a computer before. And everybody's just like, oh my God. (laughs) But anyway, that's why that story is funny. But I hope that they do do, that that, uh, unit that they're making is to stop uh, cyber terrorism, uh, like uh, bad acting states, and just uh, cyber crime. Because one thing that is probably going to increase as we go forward is there's a lot of um, there's not a lot of blue collar crime in Japan. You don't see like muggings and things like that. But one thing that you do see is a lot of fraud. Yeah. And, and so, um, I mean, a lot. I mean, that's a relative term. Well,
1: yeah, I think if you look at all of the crimes that exist in Japan, fraud is... Takes a large majority, right? If
0: you do the ratio of blue collar to white collar crimes, the white collar crimes is the larger part of that ratio. Okay, and so um, anyway, and so one of the things that happens is that a lot of bad actors target old people because they're kind of gullible,
1: right? The famous uh, "ore ore" phone call, right? They they call random old people and they're like, "Hey, it's me, your son. I need need money." money."
0: Yeah, and so. Now that the, the older the older generation that exists right now, none of them have smartphones and then none of them use computers, right? Because they're 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 so older they're beyond the digital age, right? Um, but as we get older, I mean, you, you see this relic that's sitting on the ground next to this camera. As we start to get older, our parents are starting to become to become that older generation that is kind of one foot into the digital era, right? So there is going to be an increase on uh, in attempted fraud for those people right right right. so less about maybe your grandma who's in her 90 how old is she i think she just turned 90. okay so happy gra- birthday grandma um so instead of targeting that generation it's going to be more like my mother's generation 70s to 80s right who do have a smartphone right but are not maybe competent in using it so that's going to be a big like opportunity for crime so that's why they're, they're doing that
1: a lot more emails from nigerian princes and stuff like that
0: oh my God, I, I got one yesterday, not from a Nigerian prince, from a Chinese company that says, we would like to register your company's name in China, but could you please fill out this? Word? I forgot what it was, but it was some super scammy looking phishing email. And I Googled it like, like dude, if you're a phisher, like you should change the wording of your email a little bit. I don't know.
1: Copy, paste. Yeah,
0: but like I just copied and pasted the first paragraph into Google and it's like, scam alert. <laughs> I was just like, I thought so. Anyway, let's talk more law stuff. So, official age of adulthood in Japan has been lowered to 18. Now, this may surprise you, but but 18 was not the official age of adulthood until now.
1: Yeah, 20. 20. Why 20? Do you know why? I
0: don't know. I think it's just a nice number.
1: Yeah, but anyways, they had the coming-of-age ceremonies. Uh, what is it?
0: Seijin shiki hmm.
1: For 20-year-olds. I actually my first year in japan i i turned 20 so i got to go to a. So oh, did you go was like
0: hey guys yeah i, don't know what's no, going on. I
1: just showed up I was like hey, hey oh everyone's dressed nicely oops <laughs> <laughs> hey guys your dad
0: didn't tell you
1: i was living in osaka
0: oh okay i see uh, anyway so before this law was enacted uh things like uh drinking and smoking were only from age 20 and up and now after this law drinking and smoking are still from age 20. Nice. (laughs) But
1: what can 18 year olds do? All right, um... here's the
0: change. Here's the change. And then you can tell me what what section of the the economy, what lobbyists lobbied for this law. Here we go. Enter cell phone or credit card contracts without parental consent. Okay. Okay, so that's probably where this immediately got funded from. (laughs) Lease apartment or other property without parental consent. I think that's a good one. Well, yeah, it's good, but you can see like the winners of this of this law, right? Yeah. Obtain passport valid for 10 years. So, before you could only get the 5-year passport until you were 20. Right. Obtain national licenses such as to be certified public accountant or judicial s- whatever that word is. Uh, sub- submit petition to the family court requesting gender reassignment. So, this is like if you are if you want, you know, to be considered a the different gender, you can do your gender change from 18 before I was from 20.
1: Do you know if in Japan you can choose something other than male or female?
0: No idea. I do know that there was a fashion website that like got criticized for on their form that they only had male or or female or whatever it was. And so they added like 56 categories, including attack helicopter, and I was like, that should be mine. I'm going to self-identify as attack helicopter. Anyway, we're not going to get into a conversation about that. <laughs> <No problem. laughs> um, so anyway, uh, you can you can sue people and you can marry without pr- parental consent. Okay, so this is a this is an interesting uh, change because this is not actually the age being lower. This is the age go- being raised because before women could uh, uh, marry without parental consent from 16.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: And now it's being changed. So both men and women have to be 18 years old to marry. That's good. Weird, weird law. Weird. Well, And then when you think about it, our grandparents were dating, having sex, and getting married around 14 to 15 years old. Weird. Or at least my grandparents were.
1: I don't think, I think my grandparents got married pretty late because um, I think they, uh, my grandma had my dad when she was like in her thirties or something. Oh,
0: that is late. Anyway, let's continue. So the things that are still staying from 20 onward is drinking alcohol, smoking, public gambling. Why would you say public? Gam- uh, I guess because like if you gamble with your friends, it's not illegal. Um, and then obtaining uh, licenses for large vehicles uh, and enrolling in the national pension plan. I didn't know that you couldn't do that until twenty. You couldn't. You couldn't enroll. I mean, it's it's you have to.
1: Oh, but the gambling one kind of surprised me. I thought gambling was technically illegal because like they have like pachinko, but they don't let you gamble for money. Like you get like little marbles and then you trade them for
0: you can you can bet on horses and boats and stuff like that Oh yeah, that's true yeah i forgot about that so pachinko is the i think what you're specifically talking about is casinos
1: casinos are
0: illegal and so if you guys don't know about this basically a pachinko parlor is like a little steel ball way of gambling it's really loud and kind of obnoxious but what you do is you buy the balls from company a (laughs) that's like inside of or next to the pachingo parlor yeah carry them to the pachingo parlor gamble and then take your balls back over to the to, to, so that's, that's company b and then you take your balls back to company a and then exchange it for money loophole
1: yeah that company is just buying and selling metal balls
0: yeah for the exact same price both directions oh interesting i actually don't think i think they take a little oh. fee or something anyway so that's the change so congratulations guys you are now kind of more adults from the age of 18. I wonder what conscri- conscription is like if they get like drafted. I don't know if they have that.
1: Right, next up we have Tokyo Railway to be first in Japan to run all lines on green energy. Mhm. So, that's a pretty big thing in Japan right now. Like if you ever ride the tram or anything like that, they have signs all over that says like no CO2 emissions by 2050. So Japan is really pushing to try and get everything on green energy, at least all public transportation and stuff like that, on green energy by 2050.
0: I really hope that they can because um, one of the things that I want to applaud this country on, I always do talk about, is their rail system is just so fucking good. You know, the Japanese are so good at this. They find something that somebody else has invented. The train was invented in in England, I think. And then they just like bring it into the country and then just kind of hide and then they fucking master that shit. And then they're just like, Look what we did. (laughs) Yeah. And so, like, the the train system here, oh, my God. It's just – it's. I I don't want to say it's perfect, but it's goddamn close to perfect.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, we mentioned it before, but just the safety of the bullet train. Yeah. Like, the – precision of like the timing of when the trains leave and stuff like that. And if they do even leave by like a minute, then they give like a big public apology.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. They're they're super efficient, super on time. And then they're very well kept. Yeah. You never see... I never see crime in the subways or anything like that. Never see graffiti.
1: Actually, if you lose anything on the train or a bus or anything, like 99% of the time, it'll be at the station. Yeah. Like my friend was uh, going back to his home country for uh, a couple of weeks. He left his laptop and like $1,000 cash in his bag. Was this like all... a
0: social experiment for YouTube? No,
1: it was <laughs> by accident. And then he he made it to the airport and realized when he was on the airplane, contacted, like he came back like two weeks later and then everything was just there.
0: Well, I told you about how I found a, a wallet and it had like, I don't know, $3,000 in it and like a condom and like a like a business card for like, let's say a red light place. And like I went to go turn it into the cops. I was like, hey, I found this. And they're like, do you, if in case the owner wants to contact you to thank you, do you want to leave your, your contact information? I was like, no. <laughs> and then like, but because the cops know me because I own a business on their street, yeah, they told the fucking dude who's a Kencho, he's one of those guys that works with the government and gets transferred in April. Anyway, he was like, he came to the school to thank me.
1: Oh, I remember that. And I was like,
0: bro, hey, we didn't have to have this direction. <laughs> And he, like, insisted giving giving me one of his dirty, like, Ichimayan bills. Oh, I thought you
1: were going to say condoms. <laughs> no, but it's, like, it's like
0: probably the one that was touching the condom. And I was just like, what are you doing? And he's, like, giving me this, like, it's basically $100. I'm like, I don't want your money. You go have your fun. It
1: feels like a bribe. He's like, hey, don't tell anyone don't else tell my what wife. was in my uh, wallet. And I'm
0: like, I don't need your cash. And it got awkward. So I was like, fine, <laughs> I'll buy something for the kids with it. And he's like, thank you very much and left. And I was like, stupid. Why do the cops tell him where I was? Anyway, Continue wait wait do you 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 did yeah you're good on that
1: yeah anyways like just to close it up the operator plans to slash emis- emissions by 46.2 percent in 2030 uh,
0: weird number
1: yeah 46.2 i mean whatever but, <laughs> but they want
0: to be virtually zero by 2050 which is really cool maybe we should stop printing our news and be more environmentally conscious yeah Japan to help African countries escape China's debt trap. So, Josh, since I so since I left on the last episode. Yes. And it was like the rest of the episode was you and and Alex. It was so cute watching you guys afterwards when I watched it. Because it's like like I'm usually like the opinionated one. And like Alex kind of balances that or like you balance that. But then like what it was just you and Alex it's just like. So what do we think about this? I don't know okay cool <laughs>
1: Well, to be fair you don't he Mitch always picks the articles yeah but he recently hasn't been sending them until like 30 minutes before we
0: film because I want to get them to be like you know current. Yeah,
1: I mean that's good but I haven't read like any of the articles so I, I didn't know <laughs> okay
0: anyway here we go so so what do you know about what China's doing in Africa
1: Uh, Well, I don't know what they're doing in Africa exactly, but I do know it's a big thing that they lend money to uh, like third world countries or countries that want to grow and they finance things, especially like airports and stuff like that. And then when it comes time to pay it back, it's usually like gone up so much that they can't pay it back all at once. So then they try to take over parts of the country so like they p- help finance the airports so and now your airport is ours and they do stuff like that right
0: well, uh, yeah um, and they have they are doing two big things right now globally if you guys are unaware one is that what they basically they they f- they fund infrastructure and then when the the poor countries can't pay back the interests on the loans then they just say oh well default it's now ours and now we own a chunk of your country that's one the other thing that they're doing is the belt and silk road initiative i think it's what it's called and if you haven't seen the infomercial that china produced with like like non-chinese kids in it Mm, i'm not sure it's amazing it's amazing just like while i'm talking about this you google it and it's just like i think it's called and i check the name i think it's called the belt and silk road initiative anyway and so they're trying to make this gigantic like trade zone uh through the middle eastern countries and the top of africa and stuff like that they're basically trying to counter europe and, and america's like economic influence in the world which is smart for them to do but the the video that they produced for this is just hilariously silly. Did you find it? It's just got
1: Is it this one? The music video?
0: Yeah, it's a music video. Click so on it. So
1: it's called Music Video The Belt and Road is How by New China TV.
0: Okay, maybe it's The Belt and Road. Anyway, it's they tried to make like a like a Sesame Street looking like, Oh,
1: I actually, yeah, I, have seen this. I have seen
0: this like video and it's so bad. It's, and they use all, I think one of what, one, one thing it's in English. And then the other thing they use like, like an international, like cast of characters, like kids, like the Disney channel would. Yeah. But it's cringy cause it's like produced by like the CCP. So it's just like, Ooh, what is this? It's so dystopian. Anyway. So that's what China has been doing. And so, um, so Japan, I don't know why, but they decided that they, they, they released a white paper that talks about why, but I didn't really read it. But anyway, they want to, they didn't say China, okay? They didn't say that we're gonna, we're gonna help African countries in, and so they don't go for China's like, you know, dollar loan center <laughs> loans. They didn't say that but they said, it says okay, we will facilitate the environment in which developing nations do not have to defend on such financing but they didn't mention China directly. Right. But that's what they're talking about. And so Japan's going to see if they can lend some money to, you know, African countries to try to balance that. I don't know how that's going to work out because I don't know. But, yeah, we need to do something about that. Because, like, the thing is, is, like, China's playing the the 100-year game. They're not playing the four-year, you know, uh, election cycle. Right. And so they know that if they develop and own a bunch of interest, uh, like, areas in, you know, uh, Africa, in, uh, you know, in other developing nations that in 100 years from now, when they are developed, it's like, their, their, their power balance changes, right? So that's what they're thinking. And it's not, it's not dumb, it's very, very smart. The CCP is not dumb. I mean, I don't like the CCP and I, I think that I hope that at some point that the, there's a peaceful change of power to a more democratic system in China, but they're not dumb. They're very specific on everything that they do. And taking over parts of Africa is like on their timeline of future you know goals. Anyway, one more uh, kind of uh, serious story and then we'll get to something more light. Uh, the Nagasaki mayor, if you guys, you know, going this back to relating back to World War II and kind of to current climate right now with Ukraine and, and Russia, the only two cities that were ever um, the victims of, of nuclear uh, attacks were, you know, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And the mayor of Nag- Nagasaki wants Biden, President Biden, th- to visit the city. Uh, and so he's called for him to visit the city because uh, he wants him to personally see, you know, like the one of the two bombing sites. Right. Um, and it's not it's not to like, you know, school him or anything. It's just like he wants that him to have that kind of like base understanding that when going forward with this Ukraine, Russia conflict, that he'll have that understanding of what what nuclear war can look like. Um, and he's all, but Biden is planning to visit you know, uh, Japan anyway, so I think that they're just trying to get him to go there.
1: So that, he's going to be one of the ten thousand allowed in. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess so. That, so that's one one thing, and then another thing, and this is this is really good news, but it's also kind of coming at the the what an interesting time is that they had these groups of survivors from that bombing. Okay, and recently one of those groups disbanded because they're too old to continue the group so if you on one hand we have the bombings the the horrific it doesn't matter what side you supported you support in in that conflict in world war ii it doesn't matter when you have you know an entire city wiped out no matter what the reason is those people those victims you know that's that's a terrible catastrophe for them right and so the survivors of the one of those bombings they are so old that they're being faded out of memory okay so on one hand, that's a really, really good thing because we haven't had any other nuclear war or incidents since then.
1: Right. But on the other hand, we're losing the last people that actually remember those horrific events. And when once you forget history, history is bound to repeat itself.
0: Right. And so that's kind of the scary thing. And that's why I think that that news, news article is really like timely and telling, you know. And so I don't know. I... I you know, I've never personally gone to uh, Nagasaki. I mean, I've been to Nagasaki, but none of the the, the museums or anything, or no. Hirosh- Hiroshima, because again, my grandmother was she passed away Japanese. My grandfather uh, is because he's still alive, uh, an American sailor, right? Yeah. And so they were like quote unquote enemies during the war. And so, but then after the war, they fell in love and then they had my mom. That's how I'm existing, right? So like I'm the, the lineage of the love that came after that war. Right. And so I don't want to go to those places and be reminded of the, the fight that happened before that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And when TV sent me to the to Kamikaze Museum, oh my God, that was so traumatizing. That's terrible. I don't fucking TV. Why did you do that to me? And
1: well, we talked about it in this episode here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, let's do something fun.
1: All right. So, Honda's Asimo robot retires after 20-year career wowing public. So, I'm if you've ever seen a robot on TV or in a video, I'm sure you've seen this video before or this robot before. I can't believe it's been 20 years already. It's, it's the same age as my robot. camera. It's the
0: same age as my camera.
1: The robot's a lot cooler, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, the Asimo robot uh, has basically become the symbol of Japan's pioneering robot technology, and can do things like, like hop on one leg, speak sign language, uh, using five fingers, pour coffee into a paper cup, and I mean, nowadays a lot of the robots that are coming out can obviously do a lot of cooler things. But it's pretty cool to think like how much technology has changed with robots in just twenty
0: years. So one of the things about ASIMO. Is that his name? Asimo. Asimo. Is it, one of the things about him, he was really cute and like really like a technological marvel when he came out. Does he have a gender? Is it a he or she?
1: I'll, I'll read it while you...
0: Anyway, so Asimo, he, you know, it was like, wow, this is amazing. But because it's 20 years have passed, now you have things like Boston Dynamics, like performing music videos with their scary fucking scary dogs. Black Mirror. Right, it's, It is Black Mirror. It's an episode of Black Mirror. So the, Japan in general has lost the uh, fight I think when it comes to like individual moving robots and Tesla is now pouring billions of dollars into making humanoid robots. Which is hilarious because Elon Musk is the guy that was always saying that robots are scary yeah. and that we should be careful with this. He's like, let's make robots.
1: Yeah, I think it was him that said like Eventually, robots are going to be like so fast and so deadly that if we make them into like fighting machines, that we'll be dead within a blink after seeing them.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, I mean, the Black Mirror episode with the little dog that like walks around—that's a really cute version of what would probably going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, as as crazy black as that is, um, I want to talk about positive here. Japan has probably lost the, the 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 game when it comes to individual robots, and that's mostly due to software because it requires a ton of software to run one of those robots. And it has to be very, very compact and light. And Japan doesn't do software development very well because they don't have venture capital like we do in the United States. And so Silicon Valley does a lot of software based things and they're very, very quick and, and, and fast about it. But what Japan does do really well that that uh, Silicon Valley doesn't do well is industrial sized robots. So like robots that make cars or things like that. Right. So stuff that requires not only a lot of historical knowledge on how to manufacture things, but also a lot of investment and then using these things for a long time. Silicon Valley is all about the flash burn, you know, effect. Like you you throw in a bunch of cash, it, you know, makes a big flame. Everybody gets rich, right? That's not how the Japanese economy really works. And so you'll see, you see like space arm level, like machines being made in Japan and that they're still the best in the world at it. But they're not going to be that great at making like little robots. So they'll just like Gundam, futuristic looking animes. That's just not going to happen.
1: I'm sorry. That's too bad.
0: I'm sorry. Okay. Dollar tops 125 yen for the first time since August 2015. Okay. So, really quick, we talked about this last show, but I'll just give it a go. Uh, So, when the dollar, when the yen is weak to the dollar, it's great for exports. What is that sound?
1: There's a motorcycle.
0: Oh, we'll wait a second then.
1: It's the robots that are coming.
0: No, you won't be able to hear them. They'll just... So actually, let's talk about this for a second. So you, you were talking about robots, right? So in Ukraine, what they're doing now, this is crazy. They're using space internet, Starlink. Oh, yeah. To drive drones, which they just fly these drones over the tank and it just sits on the tank and explodes and kills everybody inside. Huh. Right. I mean how how do you defend against that
1: yeah you can't well you you can aren't there isn't there like technology to make it so that drones can't fly because drones depend on gps and all that
0: so so here's okay so drone warfare is going to be fun i mean fun i mean terrifying okay because china has invested a fuck ton of money in this you remember when we were watching the beijing olympics and they're like oh floating uh surf uh what is it snowboarder yeah that's not a flex about like snowboarding (laughs) Swarm drone warfare is a thing that we're developing now. And basically, since drones are so cheap and easy to, to to manufacture, you make a million of them. You fly them all at your enemies and they're all like wired with C4 explosives. So then you just like, they just like stick to whatever your enemy is and they explode. And since there's so many of them, you can't possibly shoot them out of the sky with conventional weapons. So the way that you get around that is by using jammers. But jammers means that the drones can't or aren't self-contained so there's some sort of like communication that's happening by you know you know the generals or the commander somewhere in current drone warfare they're making them autonomous so there's no reason for them to like jamming won't work Mm. so you just give them an order and then they just go and do that order on their own so then what we're trying to develop now (laughs) Is because they're so light and not non-armored is lasers we're going back to lasers okay because lasers are basically the only thing that is fast enough because there's no travel time it's left the speed of light and it's fast enough to actually start taking out these little drones so we're going to have a ton of like like sensors with lasers on them and then they'll it's basically like using a magnifying lens on like you know on like the roly-polies or whatever, you know, with the sunlight. What's that? I didn't do this. Okay. Okay. But anyway, it's like doing that kind of effect with the with the drones because like lasers are not actually that powerful, especially over a distance and especially in like fog and rain and stuff like that. So it's going to be fun, guys. It's going to be a great. You know, one of the reasons why World War II happened and World War One happened is it's in that actually in that video that uh, I forgot what it's called, the history of Japan or whatever it is. It's like the country started making a bunch of toys and they wanted to play with them. I mean, that, that was part of it. Like oh this war will be over soon because we got all these you know machine guns and shit. Let's not do this, guys. Anyway, getting back to the dollar versus the yen, 125 yen. Uh, when I came to Japan, I think in 2006 or seven. I think it was like 132 yen to the dollar or something like that. Okay. So if the yen is cheap like that, basically what the sweet the thing that feels right to me is 100 yen equals one dollar. I don't know why, but that feels right to me
1: yeah I mean it's the easiest thing it's like one penny is one yen
0: right so and like we've talked about this on previous uh, episodes but it's the co- it's the the pr- price of a, a a bottle of coca-cola like that's how you can tell how much value your currency has in general yeah okay anyway so if you got one dollar is equal to 100 yen it should be like on parity balance 125 yen to the dollar means that everything's like basically like 25 percent off like you you give them one dollar they give you 125 yen yeah, uh, 125. So like when I first came to Japan, it was like everything was so cheap. Right. Because the exchange rate, you know, was in, in favor of the dollar. Right. So exports are the same way because internally, a yen is still a yen is still a yen. And so if you have a, a, a car that's uh, 300,000 yen and all of a sudden you can buy more yens for the dollar, it's a lot easier to export to America. Mm. Okay. So Japan as an export nation generally wants the yen to be weak. The problem is is that the yen is a very stable currency. And this is what Alex was talking about last week. And so generally, the yen tends to stay strong versus the dollar, which can flux- fluctuate with, you know, a lot of things. And so what Japan learned to do during Lehman Shock 2008, the financial crisis, what's called quantitative easing. That's a fancy term for printing money okay (laughs) (laughs) and so that's what they did and that's what they did during the pandemic as well or they they either loan internally or print money and so that eases the 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 relative strength of the yen versus the dollar because the the international uh, exchange currency is the dollar you never go you never go like yen to like I don't know the uh, the euro you can kind of do this you can go directly yen euro but most times whenever you're doing something you go whatever your home currency is dollar to whatever the the next market currency is because the, the 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 intermediate the 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 global trade cur- currency is a dollar and so basically we really want to know how the 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 yen versus the dollar uh is and right now it's really cheap and that's probably a good thing for now but we don't want to have this continue forever because one thing that this does do is like when we go to buy a cpu yeah it's more expensive because right. that's an import good so import goods are more expensive when the yen is uh weak so that's that's the in and out of that so if you're traveling to japan you want the, the yen to be weak
1: japanese company develops a door within a door and it's a great idea so i'll put a picture of it uh, on the youtube version so you can take a look at it but it's basically a, like a normal door with a smaller door inside. And when I first saw this, I was like, why would you do this? It's seems it, really stupid. And then
0: when you read the article... And
1: then when you read the article, uh, Japan being such a big earthquake nation... yep, uh, This is something that I learned in Japan too. But when there's an earthquake, oftentimes the door frames get shifted so doors can get stuck. Or windows as well so when there's an earthquake you want to open up windows open up doors make an escape path because you might not be able to do it like uh so because of that if there's an earthquake and your door gets stuck if you have a smaller door inside of your door it can still open up
0: so in this country all the condo towers and, apar- and apartment towers have fire doors on them <clears throat> if you don't know what a fire door is basically a steel door Um, and so in order to, to support the weight of a fire door, because the, the idea here is like, you know, if there is a fire in the apartment, because these, these towers can sometimes be like 50, 60 stories tall. I mean, like you, you get vertigo looking at some of these towers in Osaka and Tokyo and stuff like that. I mean, they just go up and up and up. And the, the scary thing is that those people, then they just go out on their balconies and they hang their laundry and stuff like that. Oh, that just freaks me out. I can't, I can't deal with that anyway. But, um, anyway, so all the doors in those buildings are, uh, fire doors. Oh, and they also have helicopter pads on top of them mm-hmm. yeah. Really? In, yeah 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 in, especially in kansai a lot of the uh, kansai uh giant mansion towers they call them mansions the condominiums yeah. they have heli- heli- pads on top of them oh yeah it's really cool anyway um and so the doors are really really heavy and the door frames have to be really really re- reinforced but what happens is sometimes in uh things like uh houses where you have less strict rules on, you know, the doors. They don't have to be fire doors because it's just a house, right? Right? There's no, there's no worry about the fire spreading or whatever. It's because it's the house, right? So they'll have like more stylish doors and things like that. And so what happens with those doors is when there's a earth shifting event is that the, the, uh, the frame that the door is hung in will get jar ajar, and then the door will no longer open, right? right? Because the, the seals on the door are really, really tight just to keep the air from coming in and out, right? So there's no wiggle room on there. So these doors that this, that this company uh, produced, and they're starting to get popular now, but I think they first produced produce this uh, in 2021. It's a door, and it has another door plugged into the center of it. And the thing is, is, the door itself doesn't usually change or warp. It's usually the frame that warps. Right. And so if the door, and the thing is, the door that's in the middle of the door is not like a hingeable door. It's, it's just like, you just pop it out. Like a, like a you know like an airplane door or something like that, you just pop it out, and then so then you can escape your house in in times of emergency, which is kind of interesting, and way less scary than the earthquake bed. Oh yeah. If you guys Google that earthquake bed, that shit was so scary.
1: It does say that they're also probably going to come with a uh, screen cover, so if you want to open up in the summer, open up in the summer, let some cool air in. And you can do that. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's a good idea. It's a good idea. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our most important story today. I don't want to say that it's offensive because we're talking about war stuff. I was just kidding, okay? This is just a very stupid story. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, here we go. So if you guys followed the drama between the, uh, the Akihabara uh, McDonald's and Burger King from uh, two years ago, there was a McDonald's that shut down in Akihabara and uh, the Burger King put this like hey we've been serving people for years like heartfelt message like as a poster outside of the the store but if you just took the first characters of all the sentences it says like watashi, watashi no kachi, which means like our victory yeah okay which is fucking hilarious right <laughs> and so this is all over twitter because like burger king was like giving the big uh fu to mcdonald's anyway mcdonald's came back in a big way and they have like a giant mcdonald's now in Akihabara which Burger King then decided to do something again.
1: Oh, drama.
0: So just suddenly on Twitter, uh, uh, Burger King posts, uh, it says, no ka- kachi. But this time, wait, is that the tweet? Yeah, no kachi. but this time they changed kachi from kachi from uh, katsu, victory, win, to kachi as in kachikan, which means values. Oh, okay. So all it says on Twitter on Burger King's Japan Twitter, the, the day that they put this poster up was Watashi Tachi no kachi, that's it, okay? And so all of the, the Burger King nerds were like, oh my God, what are they doing? And so they all went to the Akihabara store and they noticed that there was a poster in front of it. And this this one says, Watashi no Kachi, our values. And it talks about, you know, how they don't put artificial, uh, you know, uh, colors or additives or anything like that. And, you know, during the pandemic, everybody did, uh, you know, did their best and blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. So you think it's like,
1: but the secret message.
0: But the fucking secret message here, right? So, uh, if you look at it, it's like, it, again, I think it's the, it's the, 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 um, the Eats, okay, it says, the earnest message made no mention McDonald's or did it. A closer look at the text reveals that each line ends with an unnatural break in the sentence, causing your eye to focus on the last character of every line, which then read, it says, uh, 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 mise no yori, uh, 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 So it means bigger than the size of, what's more important than the size of the store is the ingredients that are in the food. Right. So basically saying, fuck your big McDonald's. Yeah. Our food is better. And so they're still still doing this. Two years later, they're still doing this.
1: Ah, It's funny. (laughs) Uh, So which team are you on? Are you on team Burger King or team McDonald's?
0: Oh, that's hard. Okay. So we have a Burger King now where we are, right? Which is like. But it's
1: not nearby. It's in Ida, which yeah. is from where we are, like an hour drive
0: now it's it's less than if you take the freeway it's like 25 minutes
1: uh it's still far if you want to yeah it's far so
0: for you guys that don't know this you know fast food in japan it's like if you're in america you're like you guys don't have a burger king you know it's like right um think of like burger king as being more like in and out it's like it's in the big cities in japan but it's not in all the little cities but mcdonald's is everywhere mcdonald's just is like everywhere yeah so i'll say this if i want an iced coffee and i don't want to talk to anybody opening up the McDonald's app. Hitting iced coffee, hitting I'm in the store when I'm not in the store, yeah, and then just walking up to the to the counter as I enter the store and show them my screen and getting my iced coffee for a buck fifty is fucking magic. I don't want to talk to those McDonald's people. I I don't know why. I just I don't want to I don't want to interact with people most of the time.
1: Yeah, it's not a McDonald's thing. Mitch just doesn't like to talk to people unless he likes you, and then he talks forever.
0: <laughs> 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 and anyway, and then, but oh, and then McDonald's breakfast. Yeah. Amazing. I would, they should sell it 24 hours a day. Yeah. I think that's the end of my list. Yeah. Okay. Burger King. Burger King has better cheeseburgers, but they're also way heavier. Like you need to like be prepared for Whopper.
1: They are more expensive too.
0: Oh yeah. They're like, they're like 15 bucks for a set here, aren't they? Like yeah. crazy. I-
1: is it like that in America too? Or is it just like really expensive in Japan?
0: No, no, no. It's cheap as hell in America. Burger King is like one of those places that like... Because I come from a poor family. When we're like... Because poor people are stupid and they buy things like McDonald's. like that. No, I'm kidding. My mom worked a lot. So we had to eat a lot of, you know, shit food. And so um Burger King was the better value always.
1: Yeah, it's a lot more expensive in Japan. But I do feel like the... Burger King uh, Whoppers taste a lot better than the American ones, but I don't know if that's just because I haven't had it in years, and it's more like a nostalgia thing. But so
0: your team, I'm team both, I guess.
1: Yeah, I I do like I prefer the Whopper, but the one thing that I miss uh, that they don't have in Japan, the Japanese Burger King, is they don't have the onion ring sauce. I don't oh. know if you've ever
0: had that, dude. They all, all the fast food brands miss. They have something missing. KFC. They don't have mashed potatoes. How did how yeah. do you have a KFC without mashed potatoes? Japanese KFC doesn't have mashed potatoes.
1: Do they have coleslaw? They have coleslaw, but
0: coleslaw corn. I it's think not they cold have the, slaw, coleslaw. Whatever. I don't say words right sometimes. Want some espresso? at the... Dude, you, re- again, is. going back to me being poor, no one spoke to me in, like, proper English except for Picard from, not Picard, but Star Trek. Okay, so yeah. Star Trek raised me, kid. Okay. Anyway, so
1: KFC doesn't have... I can say sale
0: properly. Nacelle. Anyway.
1: Uh, what does McDonald's not have?
0: Um, I don't know. McDonald's makes me, like, it kind of fucks up my stomach if I eat, you know.
1: I feel like McDonald's is the same as America.
0: Oh, you mean that I, not between McDonald's and Burger King, but yeah. McDonald's in America. Um, yeah, are they're, they're the same, I think.
1: I think probably just their drink selection is not as big,
0: but yeah, that's whatever. but they have different kind of drinks here, like more that's Asian tri- types of, drink. yeah, I don't know. It's, the, the patties are a little bit, I think they put pepper in the Japanese McDonald's and they don't do that in America or something like that. There's a little difference in the taste. I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah. And Taco Bells, is just not even Taco... I don't know what the fuck that is, but that's not Taco Bell.
1: I, I've never had Taco Bell in Japan.
0: It's, it's better than not having Taco Bell, but it's not Taco Bell.
1: Have you had wendy's in japan
0: it was exactly like america just smaller the the cheeseburger was the same but the drinks and the fries were smaller
1: but they also have a weird wendy's it's like the wendy's kitchen or something have you seen that
0: oh yeah it's basically like a family restaurant
1: yeah and they have like 10 different flavors of fries for some reason
0: i did i've never been there i've i only went to the the tokyo wendy's that's like five stories tall for whatever reason i don't even remember where that is maybe it's in shinjuku or something i don't know but yeah every time i go to tokyo i get fast food and bring it home for my little brother tyler
1: uh you know that tokyo has denny's
0: yeah i went there with uh with dan we went there together and we were both very disappointed because not only is it like denny's in tokyo is like a hundred years old dilapidated it's in like a it's in like an office park there's like only office buildings around so there's nothing like touristy around it so it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere and it's just like old and it just like when you go there you just kind of feel sad it just makes you depressed that's it's horrible. It's, tor- it's just don't, don't do it, guys. Um, speaking of uh, fast food joints, uh, Starbucks is going to try their best to, to get rid of their plastic cups, which, uh, you know, you definitely should go to Starbucks from now on because you need the plastic cups. So uh, what, are, what are they going to do instead? Well, they're going to use glass and paper. So here we go. One, two, three, four. Stores will serve ice beverages in glasses, which actually, if you, if you on Twitter, they have the picture of this. It's they it, look good, they look gooder, they look, gooder. They look gooder, better yeah. than uh, than than the plastic cups because it looks like you're getting a premium product with a, in a glass cup.
1: So you're not actually like receiving the glass cup that they'll get they return return it okay so this
0: is for in-store customers okay and then ice beverages will be served without a lid so they're getting rid of the the lid Mm. and then so this is the in-store stuff and then more stores will offer reusable tumblers that can be rented and then cutlery cutlery will be reusable or made from 100% plant-derived materials and then the take-home stuff is just gonna be in paper cups they've already started to do that in a lot of the Starbucks anyways right
1: like (laughs) even if you order the ice drinks they serve it in the hot drink cups yeah
0: so the paper cups yeah with a plastic load. Yeah. Whatever. Hey, one step at a time. One but step at a time.
1: That's good. I mean, like, Starbucks is the highest, what do you call it, most profitable fast food company technically, right?
0: Don't you think that brown water is, you know, really profitable?
1: Yeah, but I mean, considering that they only sell cups, and I think majority of their drinks that they sell are their iced drinks, yeah. That's a lot of plastic.
0: I don't know. I, this is a huge reduction in in single-use plastics. I mean, this is a great move for Starbucks. Yeah, that's um, great. The one thing I don't like about Starbucks is they're like fake straws
1: oh yeah the weird paper straws that like dissolve yeah, halfway slowly drink.
0: melts and i'm just like dude yeah. guys and then when they give me that i'm always a little sad
1: it tastes <laughs> it tastes bad i i just drink it without the straws yeah I didn't, that
0: that's the thing if, if you're gonna like give me a uh inferior straw just give me a way to drink it without a straw i don't need that yeah anyway let's go through your two stories and then we'll get to mine which is what we're all been waiting for the laundry story
1: so uh have you ever gotten in trouble for eating curry no well, six members of the uh, J- Japan's Self Defense Force face punishment for unauthorized curry eating.
0: Oh my God!
1: <laughs> so basically, they had a bunch of people that are like living on the facility, right? Uh, and I guess there was like one guy in particular who every Friday would go to the like personnel living barracks and eat curry every Friday because Friday's curry Curry day day. Uh, but he wasn't authorized to actually eat food there because I guess he was working in a different section or something like that so him and uh, five other regulation breaking curry eaters will be suspended from work and likely have uh, their pay forfeited for those missed days all because they went and ate some curry what do you think about that
0: Well I find it hilarious I mean I mean I don't know Do you want to live in the country that sees something Like that and ignores it because it's like what a waste Of time or do you want to live in a country that thinks That that's a problem and therefore is Like even the smallest level of corruption They're they're willing to weed out
1: the first one who <laughs> gives <laughs> a shit it's curry
0: <laughs> I
1: would have been just been like oh you accidentally ate curry okay you were supposed to pay for that okay that's good enough why are they suspending them
0: <laughs> I don't know I think it's I think it's because the GA the self-defense forces they are they have to hold themselves to a standard that's like really really strict and I, I've mentioned this on, on previous episodes but like people should not underestimate the the, the Japanese military like it is probably the second largest military on the planet and they are incredibly good at what they do. I mean, they're, they're trained. These, I, I, I drink with some of these guys sometimes they, they are very disciplined people.
1: So I guess apparently, unless it
0: comes to curry. Sorry.
1: I guess apparently like there were 20, uh, administrators, clerks and other, uh, staff that aren't allowed to eat the free curry every Friday that had been like, I guess they were calling it tastings like oh we are here we're to, just to sample it yeah we're here to sample the curry make sure everything's up to standard and it says i did not think it was a serious breach of regulations the well officer said.
0: wrong you're fired
1: yeah apparently one guy did it for over th- or for about three years so he's gonna have to pay
0: a lot of money well here it raises the question do they underfeed them you know maybe they should be giving them more curry
1: I mean, curry and rice is like the cheapest meal. I made, I made a a pot of curry and rice the other day. I ate it for four days straight for lunch and dinner, and it only cost me eight hundred yen. You're,
0: you're kind of gross, man. I'm <laughs> gonna lie. So I learned from that article that the British brought curry to Japan back in the whatever hundreds one and then another number a year. <laughs> and uh, but like, I'm trying to think like, what would the British have eaten curry with? Probably not naan bread. Rice? Well, the rice part came in from the J- Japan side, right? Unless yeah. they're using like Indian rice or something.
1: I don't know, but I mean, it makes sense though because that's why Japanese curry and rice is not spicy, like.
0: Yeah, they they, they Japanese did. Yeah. All well, right. That go.
1: being from uh, that and it being from England, where they conquer the world for the spices and then don't use spices in any other cooking. Oh, that's a
0: sick burn on you, Alex, who's not here. Yeah,
1: that's why I can say it. <laughs> My last story is high school girls in Japan create and sell butt-shaped soap praised as way too high quality. So I read this title and I thought it was like they made molds out of their butts. No. (laughs) But they made like little butt-shaped soaps that are like the size of your fist. Yeah. But uh, this goes back to Japan's almost obsession with butts. Yeah. Like it's everywhere butts and poop for some reason in japan
0: not poop in the way that you just said we're not talking about the german poop exception here we're talking about like the little like it looks like soft cream
1: yeah it's supposed to be a cute thing like
0: it's a turd not even a turd it's like a (laughs) mm, yeah
1: but uh
0: and not just butts but sometimes actual buttholes like they'll go out of their way to like stitch a little butthole on a like a a toy or something
1: like a like a stuffed cat or something. Yeah, they'll like have
0: that. like a an asterisk on yeah. its butt. And you're just like, "Why, people? What's what what's going on here?"
1: But anyways, the uh one thing, one TV show that I I just can't understand why it's popular in Japan or just popular that is in Japan is the Butt Detective. Have you seen that before?
0: No. It's oh literally
1: God. it's literally a human looking thing, but instead of a head, it's a butt. And he's a detective. And he's the only butt person in that world. I'm going to show you a picture.
0: I'm confused.
1: And you're going to be very... And it's a kid's show. Uh, He's literally a butt. Here.
0: Oh, I have seen this.
1: Look, he, like, farts, too, on this, like, pig's face.
0: Oh, gross.
1: Yeah, it's disgusting. So, like, we watch... (laughs) in our kindergarten class at the English school, our hundred-minute class for the last like ten minutes or so, when we cool off the, the kids, we play. You we, don't
0: actually cool them off with like a hose; you just they have yeah. cool off time.
1: <laughs> we watch some English TV shows on Netflix, yeah. And that one is always on like the number one trending for kids. Butt detective. All the kids are like butt detective, butt detective. And I'm like, no. Is it is it in English? I I've never clicked it, oh. but it's a Japanese show. I mean, there's that and like Crayon Shinchan who. He takes off his pants and he makes Zolzan. the he makes the onomatopoeia for for uh, pooping mm-hmm. booty 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 booty, mm-hmm. which I don't know how that's a poop sound. And there's also the naked festival. What is that called? The one where they like
0: the penis Festival? No,
1: no, no, not that one. The other side, the butts.
0: <laughs> there. I, anyway, so the soap.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, anyways the the soap uh, was made as a souvenir for the naked festival. It's. It, it's the one where they carry like the gods and the shrines
0: there's a lot, of, there's uh, a anyways, lot of these <laughs>
1: yeah but the men often wear just the fundoshi which is like like a tr- traditional Japanese underwear where you yeah. can see the entire butt except for the crack
0: yeah I just now realize that fundoshi yeah that is a butt thing
1: yeah and so it's always the
0: guys that you don't want to see naked that are wearing the Fudoshi so I was like no
1: I don't want to see a lot of guys naked <laughs> personally but anyways so they made a bunch of these uh, soaps and I'll put a picture of it on the YouTube version so you can see it but it's a little little butts that you can rub on your body while you're taking a shower
0: well, and they're really good apparently yeah Okay.
1: Praised as way too high quality.
0: Let's go to our last story, which is our most important story. I said this twice already, and they're both lies. Um so there is a Japanese laundry brand that's now selling underwear embroidered with famous Renaissance paintings. So here we go. So we're gonna have this in the YouTube version, so if you check it out, or it'll be in a link below. Uh take a classic okay, so so they took a classical art called The Birth of Venus, which if you've ever you've seen this before if you if you uh, if you've seen it. Um, and it's got the main images of the painting are dep- depicted on the bra over a base of sea green to represent the the spring ocean depicted in the painting.
1: Yeah, okay. You've seen, seen this, this before, right?
0: Yeah. So this is now this this classic Renaissance painting can now be holding your bosom, supporting your bosom for just Thirty-six dollars US.
1: Well, yeah, that's not bad.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, what Renaissance painting would you like on Scream. your on your? Oh, yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> Dang it! I don't it think it's a Renaissance. Style.
0: I don't, I think don't that's care. Re- that's still
1: the best painting. <laughs> I, I want that right on the front. Or or
0: what was that? The American. Oh, what was it called? With the the couple. I forgot the title of it. American. Shit. Oh God! This. Every time I, I hear it, I know what they're talking about, but I, I don't think uh, I have... American Gothic? Gothic, that's what it is, American Gothic. Let's do the American Gothic. One, one bald head for each boob. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> anyway, these pieces are part of the Peach John line of lingerie called the Kyôsho no Bra, which means master's bra, which includes lingerie embroidered with other famous works of art like Monet and blah, 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 Van Gogh, stuff like that, so... If you want to impress your mates, I mean, what's the, okay? <laughs> Who is this for? For art majors. For art majors to yeah. like take it off. Look, oh my God. Yeah. Really? Okay. All right. That's been our show today. I think we went on for like an hour or something.
1: I think it's been like an hour and a half.
0: Whatever. It's been fun.
1: Yeah, it was a fun show.
0: So Josh, I got to ask you a question. Yeah. What do you want for your birthday? Because your birthday is coming out in a couple of months.
1: Uh, three and a half months. I don't know. I haven't figured out what to get you for your birthday yet.
0: <laughs> well, don't get me a classic camera because I already got one of those.
1: Mm.
0: Don't get me that. I actually mm. think I know what I'm going to get you for your birthday, but yeah. It's something I bought myself and I use every day, and it's like, but I don't want to ruin it. And if we lived in America, it would only be $35, but it's not. It's like 7,500 yen.
1: Yeah, I'll think about what that could possibly be.
0: No, you'd will never, you never guess. But it's actually really, really handy. We might talk about this in a future episode. Anyway, we'll be back next week with Alex. Hey, right, guys, it's been our show today. Catch us next week when we talk about more stuff. Oh, yeah, we made uh, for people of Kagoshima, we made a... Um, it's totally not an April Fool's video. Yeah, it's, it was it,
1: just by chance. It it's came incredibly out on, realistic. On,
0: yeah. uh, that'll be linked below. Make sure you guys check that out. I know that maybe Smalltalk should have had an April Fool's video, but... Honestly, I just didn't have the time for it. So go check out the one that we made for People of Coworking about. It's, uh, I mean, the one that is totally real. Yeah. It's not...
1: If you love giant monsters, you might see a real one.
0: I mean, going back to the difference between like, our production company <laughs> and Hollywood. <laughs> but anyway, check it out. All right, guys, that's been the show today. See you guys next week. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye. A thank you to all of our patrons, Jan Myler, Jen... Spiral in your eyes and Justin Perkins Thank you so much for supporting small talk Japan you guys rock